Hey guys, it's Trang here with my podcast, Tape This, and I am here today with a very talented local multi-instrumentalist, Patrick Pombuena, and today we're doing a kind of a special Valentine slash Lunar New Year edition where we're going to learn more about Patrick's artistry and upcoming projects, and we'll even talk about his and my relationship, so you'll also get to know a little bit more about me too. So welcome in. Pat, how are you today? Thank you. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Happy Lunar New Year. Happy Lunar New Year. Do you remember how I taught you how to say it? How to say it? Chukmung Namoy. Nice, nice. So Chukmung Namoy to everyone out there. Happy Lunar New Year. We just did a photo shoot with our Aoyais last night. So check out those photos on our, on our social medias. Um, but I'm super excited to have him on my show because number one he's my boyfriend (laughs) but also you know he's just a very talented artist with so much going on and i'd love to share more about him to y'all as well so let's go ahead and get started pat um how would you say that you got into music um i first uh got i guess inspired um whenever i was in primary school uh, our, my school didn't have a band program, so they used a, uh, like a third party company called Music Learning Band, and they would do, like, uh, Christmas concerts, as well as, um, like, end of the year concerts, and, um, I remember being in, like, first and second grade, being like, I wish I could do that. But um, but I had to wait until fourth grade to start. So I was nine years old, starting the fourth grade, Aww. and uh, <laughs> um, my uh, it went. T- it came time to um, sign up for the band program, and my parents were really into jazz growing up. So my I just went right to the saxophone. I picked the saxophone right away. Nice. What What about the saxophone spoke out to you? What was the reasoning for picking that out? Um, honestly, at first, is probably just like, like the aesthetics, really, like how the <laughs> saxophone looks. It looks pretty cool. <laughs> and like, I I didn't really know much about any like music or anything, so I just thought the saxophone was the coolest instrument. I had the most buttons, so I was like, this is cool. <laughs> So aside from the saxophone, what other instruments do you play? Um, I also play guitar, bass, and piano, and drums if you're desperate. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I saw you at Lottie's picking up the, the drum set a little bit. Trying to. Yeah. <laughs> we have one here. You know, you should practice a little more. Yeah, maybe I will. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so can you talk a little bit more about each individual instrument you've been playing and, and how you came about picking it up and um, just kind of go from there? Sure. Um. So, yeah, so the saxophone was my first instrument that I ever learned, um, aside, I guess, from the recorders that everyone had to play. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, let me ask you this. So... You know, I was in band two, and they they basically like fit us for our instrument. Mm-hmm. Were there any instruments that were hard for you, or was the saxophone just the easiest, or what all? Like, how did how did they pick it for you, or did you pick it? I picked the saxophone. 
Oh, so yeah. there was no other option. Well, I mean, like it was, it was you had they had like their full range of instruments. Like you could do flute, clarinet, trumpet, drums, mm. saxophone, trombone, and I picked saxophone. So I'm wondering if that's different from public school then, because like for us, like they gave us three options to choose from and gave us the mouthpieces for each of them and whichever one we did the best on that's the one that they were like you're gonna do this oh so you you actually got to pick yours i did yeah. wow that's different okay and uh i was honestly just kind of a natural at saxophone nice. like the first time i tried to make a sound mm-hmm. um like i i played like uh i played a note like the first time I played a note, like my first one. Once my instructor told me how to put together the saxophone, I actually put it together. Like I played a note without really much any difficulty. Wow, yeah. Nice. And so, yeah, I. Uh, so then, like the regular band music just became kind of uh, like a little too easy for me. So I started <laughs> losing interest. Oh, okay. In playing, so uh, you know, whenever I was like. Um, like fifth, sixth grade, I wanted to quit because like this isn't fun. I'm not doesn't feel like I'm learning anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were like maxed out at your level. Yeah. So I told my mom that, and she wouldn't let me quit. <laughs> <laughs> and I was really mad at the time, but um, I think that's kind of like the most important thing that she's ever done for me because mm-hmm. I wouldn't definitely wouldn't be where I am today she hadn't done that Mm -hmm. but she did bring my concerns to my band director Mm -hmm. at the time and he suggested putting me in some more like advanced classes and even joining a jazz band oh wow okay nice so so that's for the saxophone what about the other instruments um guitar i just learned on a random day in 2009 yeah it's like september 2009 i I picked up a guitar my dad had bought me and my brother a guitar in the philippines because we visited um during summer vacation and i had had this guitar sitting around my room for months and i hadn't even really touched it Mm -hmm. and so i uh pretended i was sick one day from (laughs) school not necessarily to learn guitar. I just didn't want to go to school that day. <laughs> and I picked it up and I just kind of taught myself a couple chords. And, you know, I just started doing that, like slowly learning one song at a time. And eventually I could, I started being able to like make up my own songs. Started actually like playing guitar wow. more and more. Sounds yeah. like you're just like a natural like just music just comes so easily to you. Yeah, I, I mean, I yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what, what what about the other? Um, so we we talked about saxophone, um, guitar, and then you said bass and piano. Yes, um, bass actually was kind of I learned kind of out of necessity. Um, I learned bass in 2015. I started picking up bass and. 2015 whenever i joined the band the barstool brothers which we'll talk a little bit more about later um they didn't have a bass player but the guitarist and the drummer had been playing together for a couple years and they wanted a bass player and i was like well i guess i'll just learn it and i did (laughs) (laughs) 
so that was kind of like on a whim almost yeah like let me much. just fill fill this in and and learn as i go yeah nice and then as far as piano what about that one um piano is kind of hard for me to pinpoint i just been picking up things here and there over the years um i feel like whenever i was going to tcc uh back in from like 2016 to 2018 that's when i like really kind of expanded my piano knowledge because mm-hmm. i would i'd have so much time in between my classes that i would just go to the band hall or find a practice room and they'd have pianos in every single room and i just kind of mess around and see what songs i could transfer from guitar to piano and mm-hmm. just kind of started teaching myself piano that way wow so sounds like aside from saxophone everything else has been self-taught yeah yeah wow that's really cool are there any specifics about each instrument like individually that you you enjoy like is one different from another where you're like i like this about this and i like this about this oh yeah um so I guess I really like just the way I've really fallen in love with the way the saxophone sounds just in my all my years of playing um been playing saxophone for about 17 years now wow (laughs) and uh you know it's even whenever I just listen to music I'm always looking for music that has a saxophone in it or Mm -hmm. even just like horn a horn line in general Mm -hmm. um yeah, just like the tone and I don't know. I feel like there's a there's a certain part of your brain or a certain part of your soul that gets activated every time you hear a saxophone player. So I really I really dig what a saxophone does to not only me but everyone else that hears it. Mm-hmm. Um but the things that I think that are cool with guitar and bass is there's so many different ways to play the exact same thing Hmm. like you have this whole fretboard where you have all these different options like that's kind of what is really neat i feel like about guitars like you can find different ways um to like solve a problem so to speak like how to play something because you know there's there's um certain things that get in the way of like playing um parts could be like the mechanics or like mm-hmm. the voicings of the guitar but you know the guitar is just so widespread with the amount of things it can do that you can nine times out of ten nine and a half times out of ten you can probably find a solution to it wow yeah. so there's just different options to do different things oh yeah wow i i i bought that or i bought that ukulele and i still can't even play anything <laughs> on it we'll work on it okay <laughs> Um, anything, any other instruments that, that speak out to you specifically that you want to talk about? Um, I was, I guess as far as bass goes, I really like, I tweeted something the other day. I said about the importance of a bass player. I feel like as far as like dictating the style Mm -hmm. and the tempo of a song, like the bass player is really what gives you like the flavor and the foundation of everything Hmm. like um i said also in my tweet that uh you know i think it's really important to find a good bass player Mm -hmm. before you find a drummer 
Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Why do That's you say that? That's just my opinion. Uh, just because um, a bass player is really... I feel like um, if you find a bass player that you really... That you work really well with and really complements your style of playing, it can really um, bring out the ideas that you are trying to. Um, it can bring out the ideas that you're trying to, you know, write mm-hmm. and play. Like it'll just add that layer, that extra oomph that you really yeah. need. I get you. To really hit the point home, drive the point home. Yeah, I always love the how a bass guitar sounds. It's like very, it hits a certain octave. Yeah, that hits in your I ear think, and yeah, your I heart. think it's like like that the frequency that a bass player um, plays on. It's supposed to like be like super in tune with like you know, uh, like the way you dance mm. and stuff like that. I feel like I feel it in my chest. Yeah, yeah, just like it's just got a very nice like vibration. Mm-hmm. I think. Is the word I'm trying to say. Yeah. So after, you know, first, I know your first instrument was was saxophone. So after finding or learning the saxophone and being able to play, would you say that each instrument has a kind of a pattern to it? It's very simple. Is that how, you know, you picked up so, so quickly on each instrument or is it different for each instrument? Um, I think it's a little bit of both. Like each... Each instrument definitely speaks the whole, like, language of music. So you can apply, you know, the same techniques of, like, theory to every single instrument. But I think the the thing that changes, of course, between them is, like, how you play it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I'd say, like, as far as instruments, you know, you use your fingers. And so it's mm-hmm. easier for musicians because they already have like their finger movements down right. to learn other instruments. Is that is that true? Would you say? Or yeah. is it just different? Yeah, I feel like to some degree cuz you know, you're you're you've already got that muscle memory mm-hmm. and that that like wrist and hand strength. So I think it might come a little bit easier hmm. to some than others. I wonder if that would be the same. This is just an off-topic question, but like musicians, I wonder if y'all would be a lot better at gaming than the non-musicians because of just being able to move fingers so oh, well. Yeah, I mean, uh, like, I, I would say that that's definitely not, like, um, totally, like, outlandish or anything because, you know, the, the hand-eye coordination is definitely there for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Nice. I just thought about that. That's really interesting. So thank you so much for talking about, you know, your different instruments. Sounds like we got in the works like possibly drums in in your future (laughs) (laughs) maybe some other things are there any instruments by the way that you would like to learn um i've always really liked the sound of a trombone and i Hmm. really want to learn trombone if i've i'm a i'm a i'm a big woodwinds are like my ride or die instrument but if i was ever (laughs) to learn a brass instrument it'd definitely be trombone interesting what about the trombone is kind of speaks out to you I like how it can go really low, but it can also go really high. Mm. <laughs> you don't really have that same range, range on on the trumpet or like mm. a tuba or something, for instance. Okay, I get you. Cool. Like I just like how versatile it is. Yeah. 
So let's talk about your your music influences. As as far as being a musician, who would you say are your biggest influences? Um, I would probably say my uh, in middle school. I had some pretty good band directors. My second band instructor was a man by the name of Tony Lockhart. And he's kind of the first person who kind of like showed me, um, showed me like the importance of wanting like excellence in the music and, you know, really showed like, showed me like a real professional side of music. Mm. He's the person that my mom talked to. He's the person who suggested to my mom that I join um, like this advanced symphonic band and the jazz band for a music learning band. So um, I started going to those classes um, and I met another band director. His name is Tom Favor mm-hmm. and he was the, the director for those bands. And, um, also they, they're all, those two people, those two guys, they also like were the first people who I saw could play like multiple instruments. So I feel like that kind of like subconsciously influenced me to being able to play like multiple instruments because i thought it was just so crazy how they could just pick up anything <laughs> yeah and start playing that is it. really i mean when i see you do that i'm just like what <laughs> so yeah <laughs> so yeah it really like it really like like inspired me um at a young age they also they're the first person the first people that like they got me like soloing and like learning jazz oh. there's the first the I was like... So how old were you? I was probably like 11. Wow. 11 or 12 wow. whenever I pl- played my first jazz solo. And um, yeah, um, it was crazy. Like we watched that movie Soul, right? Where they go to that place where they like transcend oh, yeah. the, the conscious realm. I feel like that's kind of like the first time I ever did that. Like Ooh. I stood up. I was so nervous. Like it was just rehearsal. But like I was so nervous. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. But I just played it, and then I sat down and uh, sat down to right next to Mr. Lockhart, who was playing tenor saxophone at the time, and he just gives me a nod, like, right on. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, whoa, that was crazy. And I just kind of started laughing, because I was like, I didn't... I didn't know I had it in me. Nice. And you were 11, you said? Yeah, I was about 11 or 12. Wow, that is so young. Wow. So your two music teachers back in, what grade is that? Fifth grade? Um, Sixth grade? So Mr. Lockhart was my band director from fifth grade to seventh grade. Sixth or seventh grade, okay. yeah. Um, but other than that, uh, probably my high school band director also, um, Brian Standridge, who is just a monster trumpet player. He's played with everyone. He's got like this whole long list of like famous people he's played with. Uh, he really kind of drove home the point of, you know, also wanting excellence in your music and, uh, you know, he he kind of first exposed me to like the gigging culture. Like, hey man, like you got to show up on time. You got to oh. play the right things, otherwise you're not gonna get hired again. Oh yeah. 
and um yeah him uh, also whenever i was in high school my first private lesson teacher um mark dooley who is uh one of like the smartest musical minds that i've ever met and i feel really lucky that i got to take like a year of lessons with him he really opened and broadened my horizons with like music theory and like just general technique with the saxophone um some other musicians i would say are influenced some of my fellow ones that i play with probably uh gabe gabe parker who i plays trumpet with me mm-hmm. in artemis funk uh yeah, also he's really dedicated to his craft yeah he's uh he's one of, he inspires me a lot you know to get better um, also, Kwame Asibe and Reggie Terrell. Mm. Um, Kwame plays drums and Reggie plays trombone with me in Artemis Fung. Mm-hmm. There was this, there was a couple months in uh, 2017, I think, where we would like, we would get, out, I would get out of my night classes and then I'd go pick them up from their houses and we would just go to Dallas and look for jams. Aww. And you just play and feel like that's when i started getting really good at saxophone was playing with playing with all these different kinds of people playing with really really good players um yeah they they really if if they're they're the ones who showed me that whole like kind of scene out in dallas oh wow you know they really they were big yeah they were really big influences for me um Dylan Bartlett, who's the guitarist for uh, Barstool Brothers, he's a uh, to this day I'll say he's the best local guitarist here in Arlington. Wow. And Michael Kreider, who's also the uh, he's a drummer for Barstool Brothers. He really, I really, I really dig how he he his his style of playing is kind of like less is more. Hmm. He does he does a lot with a really simple kit, and I think that's really really neat. Um, who else? Um, my, uh, community college director, jazz band director, Greg Dewhurst. Mm, okay. He kind of helped me refine my passion for saxophone after I had moved back to, uh, Arlington mm-hmm. first. So that's kind of how I got back into playing and back into this uh, Arlington music scene or whatever you call it. Nice. So when did you... Oh, because you lived in Austin for a while. So then you came back to to Arlington. And is that when you met, you know, know, the the members that you play with now for Barstool Brothers and Artemis Funk? Is that when you met all of them? Um, It was kind of like a progression. Um, I, I moved back to... Arlington in uh, in 2015, and I had uh, I met Michael Kreider and Dylan Bartlett working at this restaurant, and it was just kind of the things where like, oh, you play music, I play music, mm-hmm. let's play music. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> so was, y'all just formed a band. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like we just 
we just, you know, get super drunk and jam out in their old apartment, and we were like, hey, we should, we should start playing shows. <laughs> what? Yeah, so pretty, this came up, like, just mu- as a random thought? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> and then we started playing shows, and, like, it really started taking off. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, like, people start, really started liking, um, you know, people started having, like, a really good time at yeah. the shows we put on. What kind of genre or style is, is Barstool Brothers? Um, definitely more like hard rock, mm. kind of like bluesy, Texas, mm-hmm. um, heavy like soul, psychedelic rock type mm. stuff. Yeah, when I um, I want I want to talk more about how you met you know the other members as well of, of Artemis Funk, but um, I remember one show where. One of the first like big shows I saw yet was was it Local Palooza that Lottie put on? Was it Local Palooza at Halton City Theater? Where I played with both bands. Yes. Yeah. So that night, so I had never heard you play with Barstool Brothers, and that was the, the first night I saw you do both. Because I heard Artemis Funk, you know, at the different um, events and everything around Arlington, but it I I saw. Like, I, I think I was expecting your other band to be, like, Artemis Funk, which is, like, you playing sax and, like, jazzy vibes and, and blues. And so you got on stage, and then y'all were just doing, like, hardcore rock. And I was like, wow, this guy is so versatile. <laughs> and that was that was before we started dating, you know? So I think that show, I was like, dang. I was really, like, swooning over you. Because, oh, wow. yeah. Because <laughs> you were so talented. And I remember I was saying, like, wow, great job. And you were like, oh, I got to go. I got to play with my other band. And, like, it was just... Other band. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was like, other band. (laughs) But it was cool because, you know, it was just very... uh, What am I trying to say? It was like you were there for the music. You know, you weren't just messing around. I was like, I got a show to do. So I thought that was kind of attractive. Oh, Oh, really? (laughs) But, yeah, so I, I think... I just love how versatile you are as a musician. It seems like you are very well-rounded and you can do a lot of different things. And, you know, as, as we already see and know, you do different instruments. Well, thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Of course. And so let's talk about um, how you met up with, you, you mentioned Gabe, Kwame, and Reggie mm-hmm. as your other influences. So I met up with, I met, Kwame and Reggie playing in the TCC Southeast Jazz Band. Um, yeah, like they they had actually started going out to shows out in Dallas together. Um, Ian had, or sorry, Kwame had been inviting me out for like a year and i'd always just like kind of like blow him off like eh. <laughs> like i had I'm, I'm i just got home from school or yeah. i just got home from work like we i'm just not trying to go make, back yeah out. we just kind of make excuses right yeah but yeah. then I, I finally went out nice. to one of these jams and i was like holy cow nice this is what you guys do like every night and i was like yeah man like we just we do this a couple times a week and i'm like well let's keep doing this <laughs> So, yeah, I met them. We, we, uh, Reggie was just, he really, he really caught my eye. Um, like, uh, I think he, I met him the second year I was playing with the TCC jazz band. I was just, he just started playing and I was like, 
what the hell? Like, what are you so good for? <laughs> he was, like, 19 years old at the time. And I was like, this, this guy's crazy. Like, <laughs> I need to be going wherever this guy's going. <laughs> and, you know, he's he's played with... He's, he's played with absolute, you know, monster musicians ever since then. So he's just... He's just gotten better and better. And he's one of the younger members in Artemis Funk. So, like, mm-hmm. he has... Definitely has a very bright future ahead of him, I feel like. Nice. And he is also one of the newer members, too, because I remember y'all used to be just a seven-group band. Right. So how did how did it come to, to be that y'all were like, hey, let's add, you know, a trombone. Is it trombonist? Yeah. Trombonist, trombonist. to the group. Um, He played a gig with us. I can't remember which gig you played with us. But... Oh, I think I remember. Yeah, it was kind of like a, a guest appearance. Yeah. I remember that, but I don't know exactly which show it was. I think it was a Caves. Okay. Was it at Caves? I think so. I think it was uh, I, I, one yes. night at Caves. Yes, that was that and really fun night at yeah. Caves. Yeah. I don't even think he rehearsed with us. He just, <laughs> he, just went, he just went up there and started playing. Like, that's how good he is. Like, he doesn't even need... You can just tell him what to play, and he'll just play it. I don't understand how y'all musicians do that. Like, you know, I was in band for for several years, but I was never truly good. But, like, I don't know with jazz, like, how y'all just go up and start playing notes. Like, I can't. Well, there's definitely levels to it. I can't even do that. (laughs) I can't even comprehend. Well, because, I mean, if if you think about it, like, music is really its own language, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know? You've got, I mean, there's fewer letters, but like um, within those letters, you see, you know, phrases and like arpeggios and like scales. Those would be like your words and sentences. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you start playing and quote unquote speaking enough, you can just speak with anybody on stage. Yeah, that's true. I just... I don't know. It just blows my mind because, like, I, me and you have had this conversation multiple times because I'm still to this day trying to process how y'all do it. But <laughs> I'm just like, how do you know when to play without interrupting someone? And, like, who takes the lead? And what if everyone just plays all at once and it's just a cluster? Like, how do you avoid that? And I mean, is that a possibility of happening? Definitely, I would <laughs> say with kind of i guess more inexperienced players i mean it's i've definitely been a part of that (laughs) multiple times um but you know you live and you learn but um it's really just like you have to be really sensitive and like in tune with the energy that people the people are giving off around you it's a lot of give and take okay also eye contact Oh, so gonna, y'all are multitasking. Eye contact and like really subtle like hand signals. Oh, I never noticed that as a viewer. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, because like you never want to interrupt someone's solo or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. But you also want to be paying attention to what's going on around you so mm-hmm. that you know when to stop playing and when to start oh, playing. Oh, that makes so much sense. That's something that like just kind of off topic we do a work where like with my job like we're we're very team oriented and we do different signals um so that it doesn't make it uncomfortable for anyone else like we already know what we're saying and, and doing um and the clients never know yeah wow i never thought i never even thought about that cool yeah. That makes a lot more sense to yeah, me now. Yeah, it's like a whole, like, secret kind of language that yeah. you have on stage. Yeah, nice. 
So as far as, um, you know, you've mentioned your, your music teachers and, and your, um, your fellow musicians, are you currently taking any, any lessons right now? Oh, yes. I have, uh, I'm, uh, I've been taking vocal lessons for about a year and a half from, uh, this woman named Nikima Russell. She's also one of my biggest influences. Shout out Queen Kima. (laughs) Um, I actually just played a show for her last Sunday. And she's really... So I'd never really taken vocal lessons for for singing. And I've been singing for like 12 years now, 13 years now. Mm -hmm. And so she helped really break down a lot of bad habits that I had... Um, taken on over the years and really built them back up to like stronger more sustainable techniques Mm -hmm. and really even like expanded my range and knowledge of music and singing in general nice and yeah i it's like an hour once a week um it's great if you're if you guys are looking to take vocal lessons Hit up Queen Kima or yes. Queendom Arts. Queendom Arts. Yeah, and y'all actually did a, a show, re- or she did a show recently mm-hmm. where you and Gabe both played. And I don't think I'd ever heard her perform because we were supposed to hear her perform at the Green Elephant. Oh, yeah, for Juneteenth. Yeah, and that was just a lot going on. And I don't know if she even got to go, but I didn't get to hear her perform. And so with this show that she recently had, I was like, wow, like she is so talented. I didn't even know she rapped. Yeah, like, I, I, that was my first time actually hearing her, like, full out, like, perform also. Nice. So I was like, whoa. Her stage presence is really good. Yeah. Like, even even as someone watching, because y'all did it, you know, as a live stream, even as someone watching at home, like, she was controlling the, this, like, oh, yeah. she had so much she's, stage control. She's a very powerful artist, yeah. for sure. Yeah. But I'm also taking uh, saxophone lessons oh, yeah. from... Uh, Dr. Greg Dewhurst, who's oh. my old jazz uh, band. So you connected with him. Yeah, my old wow. jazz band director. Nice. Yep. And so how are how are those how are those going? Um, so it was pretty easy to manage with just vocal lessons, but I've been taking saxophone lessons for about three weeks now, and just all the new information is just kind of making my head spin a little bit. Oh, okay. It's a whole lot to take on, but I'm. But it feels good to be, you know, learning and expanding and growing my knowledge again. Because I feel like I had been kind of plateauing a little Mm -hmm. bit with my saxophone playing for a few years. So, you know, with um, with me trying to do more professional things with the saxophone, I definitely think that I need to up my skill level a little bit. And he's really starting to help me get to where I need to be. Nice. That's really cool. I... I forgot that, well, I knew you were taking sax lessons, but I didn't even think about how learning is a lot, like, overwhelming. Yeah. Like, getting new information can be overwhelming. Yeah. Um, as far as any artists, like, you know, um, non-local, like, mainstream artists, are there any big ones that, that you would say influence your music style? Mm. Or no? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, I'm a big Stevie Wonder fan. Just like his his command of like melody and you know his voice is just amazing and like the fact that he's overcome being blind and he's, mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. an amazing 
artists like I tell people like I didn't cry when James Brown died I didn't cry when Michael Jackson died but I think I will cry whenever Stevie Wonder dies Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see who else. Uh, Anderson Pack for sure. Mm-hmm. I've been listening to him since he was just like a YouTube artist under the name of Breezy Lovejoy. Mm. Um, his ha- his head is shaved now, but he used to have these big like long uh, locks. Uh, he would rap with like Wax and Dumbfounded and all those artists from California on uh make all of these like funny youtube videos mm-hmm. uh as far as like rock and stuff i'd say like red hot chili peppers and like incubus are pretty big influences i was really into them growing up like whenever i was like 12 12 13 okay yeah nice so yeah it sounds like you really um you're very collaborative from what i've i'm hearing and, and i've seen so I love that about you, and um, you know you have a show coming up, <laughs> your orchestra. <laughs> oh yes, my uh, my first, our very first, I guess recital, if you could call it, <laughs> the uh, Patrick Pombuena Community Orchestra. You posted that, and y- you know you posted on Facebook, and I don't think you had, we had talked about it yet. And I was like, what is this orchestra like? <laughs> But that's cool. Yeah, I love that you're bringing artists together to play, especially during COVID right now where shows are not all accessible and all there. Like, I think a lot of artists are aching and itching to to get back on the stage and just, you know, jam in front of people, in front of a crowd. So that's really cool. I'm excited for that show. Oh, yeah, we're we're really excited. So I, I, we... We just tried it out the last time, and mm-hmm. I hit yeah, the guy. Fun. I hit the guys up again, and they were like, "Yes, please." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. I want to move on to to our next topic here. Um, I know you've mentioned your bands that you've been that you are in, Barcel Brothers and Artemis Funk, and of course you play with them, but you also write some of their songs, correct? Yes. Yeah. Perfect. So let's talk about the the writing aspect too. How does oh, okay. um, yeah? It uh, you can start with really talking about you know Barstool Brothers as a band and Artemis Funk as a band if you'd like, and then we can talk a little bit more about sure, your writing. Yeah. Um. Well, I think it'd be better to start like I whenever I was like kind of like a solo singer songwriter. Like I would back in Austin, I I wrote probably. Let's talk know. about that story. So, yeah. um, you packed your bags. You ran away from home to start a music career. Well, no, right? well my parents <laughs> dropped me off. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I was just being dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's talk about Austin because that was... You were in a band in Austin as well. So, that was... Being in that city was, you know, partially influential with your music. Yes, uh, that's kind of like where I cut my teeth, like as like you know a local band member and like performer. Um, I did write a lot of music down in Austin. Um, most of those songs have been scrapped, or you know they've been dissected, and they've parts of the uh, other parts of that song have been used in some of my music now. Mm-hmm. But lots of lots of that music has never seen the light of day. <laughs> <laughs> Will it ever? Um, I don't know. 
Maybe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I. Uh, what was the band called? Kick Action Collective. Kick Action Collective, yeah. With um, Gary Still. He was the leasing agent at my apartment complex. Oh, whoa. How yeah. random. Yeah. He How moved. did y'all come across forming a band? Um, so <laughs> I was hanging out with one of my friends. Uh,. Like, I was out all day, and I come home, and uh, I see these two dudes, Gary, still, and then Shane Cooley, who's another, um, he's kind of like a local legend down there in Austin. Uh, he, uh, They were just, like, sitting on my couch playing my guitar, and I was like, who, who are these guys? <laughs> and it was, like, another one of those things, like, oh, you play music, I play music. And I was like, okay. dude, like, he was like... Um, or they asked me, like, do you play music too, dude? I was like, yeah, that's my guitar. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh, dope, that's what's up. And I was like, yeah, I play saxophone too. Like, there's my saxophone right there. He's like, yo, you're coming over right now and we're jamming. Oh. And he actually just lived on the other side of the building from me, so it wasn't that far. Away. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice. Okay, so how, how did that band, like, how did y'all do in Austin? Oh, well, we, I mean, we pieced it together, like, little by little. Um, the next person who joined us was um, this drummer whose name is Jeff Trujillo. He was, like, this metal drummer who, like, from New Mexico, who Gary also helped move into the apartment complex. <laughs> <laughs> he lived across the street, though. Um... And then we added another a female singer. Her name was Ricky Connor. And she was a uh, pretty sure she she was also a leasing agent, but for a different apartment oh, complex. Wow. And we found a bass player named Austin Lawson, who had, we had met at one of these open mics that we had done. And uh, yeah, it was kind of funny. So our first show, we didn't even have a we booked a full our first full band show, and we didn't even have a full band. We literally added Austin to the roster like two weeks before mm -hmm. the gig even started. And um, like our first show was at this bar called the Shiner Saloon in downtown Austin. I was only like 20 years old at the time. And, uh, they just, they, I, I'd walked up with band equipment so they didn't even check my ID or anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And we ordered, we just kept ordering drinks and stuff oh that night. Oh my gosh. And, and you were underage. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, think we kept, I remember like, we are like, yeah, we just put it on the band tab. Mm -hmm. But. That sounds I mean, no, so cool. Just nobody ended up, I don't, I don't even think anybody ended up paying. <laughs> that nice. at the end of the night. Nice. So, so that was in Austin, and you said you moved back in 2015, correct? Yes. Okay, perfect. And so, um, where was I going with that question? <laughs> we were talking Somewhere. about, I wanted you to talk about, yeah, Barstool Brothers and, um, and um, Artemis Funk. And then I said, yeah, because you were in Austin and you came back. So, talk about a little bit about Ar uh, Barstool Brothers, your first band since moving back. Um, yeah, so we just... After playing all of these, like, cover uh, 
shows we used to do like these three hour bar gigs um that uh you know uh for uh, like at all the like bars around arlington we just kind of like started writing um we were really inspired by beer and jaeger <laughs> so a lot of our songs we wrote whilst uh slightly inebriated or heavily <laughs> inebriated um so it was me and michael Kreider who did most of the writing on the songs and then dylan would just like sprinkle in his little flavors and at the end but uh a couple of the songs on the album dylan actually wrote mm. um and i just kind of like edited them edited them so they'd fit better mm-hmm. within like you know a song structure um, usually we just start with like an idea mm-hmm. um, and then kind of just build around like we'll write some words and then we'll just build the song around that like the chord progressions like the drum beat transitions mm-hmm. and all that okay yeah it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of cool uh writing the the Barcelona Brothers album Oh yeah, y'all just released that recently too. Oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah it was like a couple couple days after Christmas. Yeah, we had actually. So that album is like probably like three or four years in the making, mm-hmm. getting it all done. Mm-hmm. Um, we had started recording in like February 2020. Mm, I remember that. Uh, we done like two sessions i think and then we were one session away from getting an album done and then everything shut down Mm -hmm. because of the pandemic Mm -hmm. but the studio reopened again and we got to finish the album in last october Mm -hmm. october or september i can't remember which but yeah sometime last fall Mm -hmm. and so then we got to release it um uh, a, li- uh, a couple of days after Christmas, but yeah, it's got some uh, tasty riffs in there, some really, really nice big rock and roll vocals. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love it. It, um, it just reminds me of like early two thousands. I always just love that decade, so I, yeah. I reference a lot. To that. But, <laughs> um, it reminds me of like early two thousands rock. Uh-huh. You know, kind of like I hear some some Green Day vibes on some. I hear some. Yeah. Red Hot Chili Peppers, um, and then there's one song in particular that that uh, y'all have a song and I forget the name, but it reminds me of the song that's like long black hair uh, about the girl, long black hair with the boots, big black boots. Oh, black um, Jet, uh, yeah, are yeah. you gonna be my girl? Yeah, yeah. Y'all have a song on the album that that reminds me of that. So mm-hmm. it's like that whole vibe for me, and I love it. I love. Um, also, there's one part where, like, um, Dylan's on that uh, that microphone mm-hmm. that sounds like y'all are like in space or whatever. Like, a oh yeah, he's he's actually reading. <laughs> what is in he the reading? studio? We pulled up Miranda rights. <laughs> so oh, <yeah>. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah, that sounded like a really fun album, um, yeah. especially with me. You know, being able to, I wasn't there, but like you would send me pictures and updates and. I know just y'all three have just really good chemistry and, mm-hmm. and a great friendship, so it must have been fun to, to do. Yeah, it was really fun. 
What about um, what about Artemis Funk um, as far as like writing for them? By oh. the way, let's let's go ahead and shout out your members too. There there's seven other members. Um, we have yourself, mm-hmm. Patrick Pomboino. We have Gabe Parker. We have um, you mentioned you know Kwame Asibe, um, Reggie Terrell. We have Rhea Williford, uh, Max Wattsworth, and Quinn. Uh, Reed? Quinn Reed, yeah. Are those it? Is that mm-hmm. it? Okay, shout out to all of them. <laughs> shout out y'all. Um, so, kind of the bulk of the songwriting um, is done by myself, Quinn Reed, and Gabe, Gabe Parker. Um, Quinn's kind of like the songsmith of the group. Like, he has, he has all of this music... And all of these songs, they just need words on top of them. That's really just, like, the toughest part for us right now is writing the words that go on top of them. Oh. <laughs> but, um, yeah, for, I mean, like, I feel like we really, really, we work really well together, me and him, when it comes to uh, songwriting. Uh, like, uh, for example, our song, Hold It Down, mm-hmm. um, Artemis Funk's song, Hold It Down, we wrote that in about 20 minutes. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, like we, we, uh, I'd come up with that chord progression that you hear, uh, in the like middle of the song, the bridge, I guess, during the guitar solo. And he kind of like broke that down. I was like, I I don't know where I want to go with this. And he's like, well, just let's make it like a feel good song. Mm -hmm. I just started writing, and 20 minutes later, we have Hold It Down. Nice. Sometimes the best songs and best poems are written very, very quickly because all the ju- like energy and the juices are flowing. Yeah, for sure. Nice. Um, as far as with your your process writing music, is that is that something that comes naturally or um, like how do you find the inspiration um, for each song? Well, well, it's, it's uh usually sometimes like uh, an idea will come to me randomly and it's kind of frustrating because the idea will come to me when I'm nowhere near an instrument (laughs) or somewhere (laughs) something to write with Mm -hmm. so uh usually I just try to hang on to like that little spark of inspiration maybe like type out a note on my phone or like hum a melody into my voice recorder Mm -hmm. and then uh get back to and then kind of just build off of it Usually it starts with words mm-hmm. or like a little cadence or melody and then I can just build off that. Or other times like I'll start with the music. Like like it hold it down, like the the music came first mm-hmm. and then the words. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So just I, I mean I just I guess it kinda depends on the uh the the flavor of the moment. Gotcha. So as as far as with writing words I I can understand that because you know I'm a poet so I write poetry mm-hmm. but as far as writing music that's something I feel like I ask every single person that's a musician I'm like how do y'all just come up with like a beat or a <laughs> tune like how does that even work in your brains can you elaborate um, on on how it works for you uh for me I feel like it's just years and years of learning other people's music mm. um you know that's really if learning other people's music is like i feel like the best way to learn how to create your own music because you can like mix 
different styles you can apply like certain techniques that you've learned to you know something you might have came up with um mm-hmm. you can just make like all kinds of weird things the more the more music you know how to play because gotcha. you it's like a, it's like a bank that you can withdraw from gotcha and is it hard to create music that doesn't sound like something else like for me as a layman when it comes to music I'm just like I get inspiration or not I don't write music but like I can only think in my head of tunes that I already know so how does it work to like be like you know just making music that's not already been done it's definitely I would say that's like nowadays especially one of the the biggest challenges Mm, with writing music because I'll catch myself um writing and I'll be like this sounds exactly like the song I was listening to yesterday (laughs) (laughs) okay yeah I'm glad that like that's not just me because well I don't write music but I'm glad that like is a is a thing that oh yeah okay for for sure (laughs) okay cool cool um if you don't mind let's take a short break here um and then we'll get back and we'll talk about the performance aspect of your music career awesome all right y'all welcome back to the podcast here with patrick pombuena we just talked about his um his inspiration for writing music for Barstool Brothers and Artemis Funk. And now we're going to talk kind of more about his performance aspect of his career. So, welcome back, Pat, by the way. Well, thank you. <laughs> so, um, with, with performing, you know, when did you... When was the first time that you performed in front of a crowd? Hmm. Um... I want to say, like, singing and, like, playing guitar, probably the first time was my sophomore year of high school, was for this, like, little benefit thing that my friends put on. I was so nervous. (laughs) I, uh, my guitar was not functioning properly. Like, I played a whole song and, like, you couldn't even hear the guitar. Oh, no. And so I had to borrow my friends. Um, yeah, uh, I just think it went horribly, despite what everyone else told me. <laughs> but uh, was it nerve wracking just being in front of people? Oh yeah, no, I was like, I mean, there's probably like, I don't know, like 15, 20 people there, but it looked like from. Getting up in front of the stage for the first time, it looked like so much, more, so many more people. Yeah, yeah, like, for sure. I was like, wow, they're all looking at me. <laughs> they're just waiting, waiting for me to do something. Yeah. Like, oh shoot, I should probably start playing. <laughs> <laughs> so, by the way, by the way, so um, with COVID, you know, performance or like uh, live shows have been not as often, right? So I actually wanted to give a couple of shout outs to to some people in your life that have helped with um, with the the performances, mm. which are um, Michael Kreider. Mm-hmm. He's the GM of um, 
uh, Grease Monkey. Grease Monkey. Yeah. yeah, and I feel like he's such a great friend for for thinking of you to book you for these live yeah. shows during this pandemic. Shout out Crider. Yeah, he yeah. also books me for a Cartel Taco Bar. That's awesome. That's like that's a real friend right there. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's so hard. Well, it shouldn't be hard, but it's very rare and cool to see people truly support you in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, you know, Gabe Parker, who put you on the Jordan Con music and put you on with vocal lessons with Kima. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's really cool of him, yeah. too. So shout out to both of them. Um, you know, just just really good friends. And I always value yeah. that. Um, shout out to good friends. Yeah. And speaking of the, these shows that you've been playing and, and with COVID... How has COVID affected you as a musician? Um, well, I definitely had, um, well, last year definitely did not go the way I thought it was going to go. Right. (laughs) Uh, you know, I definitely had some pretty big plans for myself in 2020. Um, but really just, uh, you know, it's kind of... I guess the cool thing about uh, life is that it forces you to adapt Mm -hmm, to unforeseen mm -hmm. situations. I mean, you know, I really just kind of buckled down, tried to work on my craft, build my craft. I didn't stop going to vocal lessons. So, you know, I was still, you know, gaining experience and leveling up still throughout the whole pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um, But, uh, you know the live stream the whole concept of live streaming i feel like has been a real big help to artists out there you know even not even just like music music artists like poetry yeah poetry yes absolutely so that you know it can still you know people can still see you you can still share your art with people to even you know potentially even bigger audience than you would have you know like in person yeah, because people sure. can people can reach you all over the world. Yep, I think that's one thing that that will change, um, you know, going forward. If ever any everything goes back to quote unquote normal, where people are more comfortable being out again, um, I think live stream. Like I think the hybrid that people are doing, which is part live and then part stream, is going to be really big with getting our names out there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so as far as with your performing career, what are some major milestones that you'd say you're proud of in your career? Um, back in high school, I won the end of the year talent show. Ooh. Um, uh, <laughs> my and, sophomore year. Was it just you or was it you and Jonathan? Oh, that was, that was, that was, that was was the talent show that I played before. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, that was the, that was the second time I had got, that was the first time I had gotten up on stage, like in front of the whole school, Mm. (laughs) like we were having an assembly and, uh, yeah. And everyone really liked it. Um, so, but we won second place. Nice. And it was like a $75 Visa gift card. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Nice, nice. Um, let's see, I guess, like, after high school, uh, the next really big one would probably be the, uh, I played an unofficial South by Southwest showcase with Kick Action Collective the spring of 2015, um, 
we played at this jazz club called the Brass House that we had been playing at for a couple of months now, and we were like the first rock band that ever got booked there.、Mm-hmm. Um, and they had this battle of the bands there, that uh, and um, for uh, the the competition was for that South by Southwest slot, and we、oh. ended up winning that. Oh, nice, nice. And so we we get to play. We got to play there. Um, it was all、uh, the bar was packed.、Um, this is like one of my last shows before I moved back up to Arlington, and my family actually drove down to come see me. And、uh, yeah, we just we we killed it that night, blew the roof off of the place. Nice.、Um, I had a really cool moment with my dad right after.、Um, He said he told me like this is what you need to be doing. Wow. Yeah, and like he said, like you know, it'd be a shame if you know something else got in the way with this. So you need to get your shit together. Wow. So and start doing this and find a way to start like actually doing this. Yeah. First of all, I just want to note those are extremely important words in the Asian culture because. It is just not a thing to be an artist and be Asian. <laughs>、yeah. I mean, my parents had always been supportive of me. Like my dad is the one who drove me every single week to those、Aww. advanced band classes. Like you know, it'd be, it'd be after he'd gotten off of work, and like he would go and drive me there and pick me up.、Wow. Like now as an adult and like knowing what work feels like. <laughs> Like that's just that's just amazing. Like、yeah. that he did that for me.、Aww. So you've had really really great supportive family and friends growing up. Oh yeah, no, your... I've been definitely been very blessed and very lucky to、yeah. have the people that I have in my life. Oh, that's awesome.、Yeah. And your dad's always like that that Halton City Theater show, the local Palooza. He was there. Your whole family was there,、mm-hmm. and your dad was like taking pictures, and I thought that was so cool.、Mm-hmm. Like it's just, I I think yeah. You and I were talking, and、um, Jonathan and Stephanie were there. Jonathan Ocampo, your best friend, and、mm-hmm. Stephanie's girlfriend. And me and Stephanie were both Vietnamese. Y'all are both Filipino. We were just talking to each other, and we had never met. We just talked, and、um, we were like, "Oh my gosh, that is so cool!" Like I could never imagine my parents like being at a show,、wow. <laughs> like supporting us like this, <laughs> doing、yeah. music. So yeah, really cool. Um. Yeah. Um. As one of one of definitely one of my biggest highlights.、Um, let's see, another one would probably be、um, there's this big paper lantern festival、um, at the Motorplex, right? Is that the one? Um, no, it's just it's just called the Lights Fest.、Oh, okay.、Uh, it's like probably we、uh, the Barstool Brothers got asked to do. The、uh, the Austin one. There's they they have them. I guess、oh. all over the country. Okay. But we did the Austin one and the Dallas one, and those are the probably the big two biggest crowds that I've ever played in front of. Wow, how many? The Austin one had over six thousand people there, and the Dallas one had over four thousand people there. Oh wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I was mean, was that intimidating? Um. I mean, once it gets to be like that amount of people, you can't really make out 
individual faces anymore. Like I was pumped. I was amped. Like I'm like I'm about to I'm about to I'm about to kill this. <laughs> like let's go. Yeah. I was super excited. Like we just drove all the way down here. It's super hot outside, you know. <laughs> it was like in August. Like we were outside and um yeah, we just went up there and did our thing. Mhm. Um also another big moment with the Barcel brothers is we got invited to do this Battle of the Bands mm-hmm. in Marble Falls, Texas, which is a it's a kind of a smaller city about an hour outside of Austin. Mhm. And we won that. We won that also. Nice, <laughs> yeah. Nice. We had a I, my brother drove out from Austin to come watch us and we uh Oh, shout out Nick. Yeah. We had a we had we had a lot of fun that trip. Um another big moment would probably be the Decent Market. Is one of the first shows for Barstool Brothers? For Artemis Phone, Bar- sorry. Um, the Decent Market back in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, it was at Four Corners Brewing out in Dallas. And, like, it's this kind of, like, big artist meetup where, like, artists can come and sell their art. Mm-hmm. They have, like, painters and sketch nice. sketchbook artists and everything like that. Um, and we were one of the bands that got asked to play. But um we had this like big they put us in this big like industrial size room like kind of like a tiny little warehouse and um whenever we set up there wasn't that many people there so i was like oh man so it's gonna be like your typical local show (laughs) play for like six or seven people and they just politely clap for you but like (laughs) i like i blinked or like i turned around or something and then the room was full there had to be at least like a hundred or like two hundred people like packed into that room, mm-hmm. and that was that was really awesome. Um, and I guess uh, a more recent milestone would be whenever we played at the uh, Arlington Music Hall. Oh, that was such a great night! Yeah, that was really fun. I Shout got to out Garrett for putting that together. Yeah, I got to got to dance in the stage and. That I found we got. Yeah. I found you and we danced a little bit during oh, yeah. uh, during, the, <laughs> during one of uh, the music breaks. Oh yeah, I I remember that night, but I I did have have a lot to drink. But <laughs> <laughs> that was such a fun night because everyone was there. It felt like our mm-hmm. Emmys, our Grammys type of vibe. You know, yeah. like the whole crew was there, and there were multiple stages, multiple bands of all genres. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they even was... had like a VIP green room meeting. Yes. But I was like so shy. I didn't want to like talk to anybody. Aww. I was like, <laughs> don't look at me. <laughs> Gosh, that was like the the big, big thing for Arlington, big win for Arlington. And we we're like, awesome. Let's do more of this. And then COVID. And then COVID. Yeah. That was, when was that? That was January 2020, wasn't yes, it? Yes. Yeah. Literally like that was supposed to set off great like vibes for for arlington music scene yeah. um still still happening though we're oh just, yeah yeah for just, sure we're just working it's, around it's it. a work yeah it's a workaround for sure yeah. um yeah there's a lot of of stuff that's come up because of covid too that's that's like in the works and mm-hmm. and has started y'all also actually played at the house of blues though Right, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. That, that was, was a cool show. That was a really cool show. There's a lot going on that night. 
Yes, there was. There but, was. But the show itself was and like really awesome. The venue. I mean, of course, it's you know House of Blues, but the venue was just like so freaking cool. It was like an yeah. underground. It wasn't underground, but it was like an underground like. It's like a big swanky like yeah, lounge, a lounge type. Yeah. And there like couches everywhere, like this real fancy ceilings, like yes. chandeliers everywhere. Yeah, really, really cool. Um, yeah, I want to, I want to talk about, um, just like from as a viewer, right? Because you're, you're the performer, but as Mm -hmm. a viewer, I love your stage presence. Oh, well, thank you. I feel like you command the stage very well. Um, and I've seen your progression as an artist too, because I, I've gone to most of your shows. Um, so, so like, I want to talk about with Artemis Funk, how it's kind of like you have different different stage personas with different bands and of course whenever you do your solo gigs so with Artemis Funk I feel like I don't know I see you as a performer like you remind me of um Freddie Mercury oh nice (laughs) like especially at the Arlington at the Arlington Music Hall Mm -hmm. right um that clip that Sophie had uh had taken where you're like conjuring the stage Mm -hmm. or whatever um Artemis Funk is such a cool band like yeah like y'all are all versatile diverse but like just very cool in your own ways and there's just like whole whole vibe of it like your artwork and everything is so just so cool i can't (laughs) even like it's groovy i think the word like y'all are all groovy yeah yeah and then with barstool brothers it's like very edgy and like just like very raw in your face in your like, face yeah. but also fun like i see y'all as the rowdy rough boys and i've said that yeah. multiple times <laughs> but it's like y'all are all having fun and you can tell because when you were just mentioning earlier about like having eye contact y'all all have that with with barcel brothers mm-hmm. and i think it's easier for me to see that because there's only three of y'all yeah um it's really easy to communicate with only three yeah, guys on stage i bet i bet <laughs> But yeah, I can see like everyone's just smiling, laughing, having fun while y'all are playing. And that's just always great to, to see because then the crowd gets like sees that and feels it and then we have fun. Yeah. That's and, what I love about performing is that it's yeah. like it's it's a you're having a conversation with like the energy that your body's mm-hmm. giving off. Like not only with the people on stage, but with also the people in the crowd. Like you're yes. everyone's feeding off of each other and it's just like it just creates yeah, yeah. It, this, it just creates this whole kind of like aura and like this whole like it's it's like a presence in and of itself mm-hmm. like for me like performing is almost kind of like spiritual mm, like wow like i feel like i am i can become who i'm supposed to be on stage like every time I perform, I feel like that's who I actually am. Wow! Like you're becoming your higher self. Yeah, like I can. Self. I break down all of like the barriers in my mind, all of like my insecurities, all my doubts, all my fears, and I just put it in to the performance. Like, mm-hmm. like I feel like that is like who I am as Patrick Pombuena, like in his purest form. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Um, that's something that I thought was really cool too, because when we first started, you know, dating, um, I only knew you from your show. So that stage presence is who I saw. Mm-hmm. But then outside of, of that, like I feel like I see a different side of you. And so both are, are you, right? Both are truly you. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you're you're happiest. I can tell you're happiest when you're on stage. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. 
So what about whenever you're performing <clears throat> solo? You know, do you think there's a different vibe for it? Are you more chill? Oh, yeah. It's definitely a whole lot more. I would say, like, a lot more informal. Um, definitely more laid back because it's mostly just about uh, providing music for, like, that bar. Mm. You know, so that... And, it's more about the people. Yeah. Okay. And the paycheck. Right, right, right. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> but, like, uh, it's, like, the people, what, like, songs that the people would like. Yeah, yeah. It's more, it's more just, you know, so people have something to fill, like, the space. Mm-hmm. I gotcha. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm making myself kind of like a jukebox. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can see that. I can see that. So... <clears throat> What what sorts of obstacles? Um, oh, I'm sorry, I'm I'm jumping ahead. <laughs> so we talked about milestones. Um, what are what are your goals as a musician and a performer for this upcoming year of the Ox and and going forward? Um, I would say, uh, hmm, my goals are kind of just to find. Uh, you know, more innovative ways to bring my performances to people, you know, with, you know, COVID still going around. There's still a whole lot of people that, you know, don't really feel as comfortable going out and, you know, but they still want, you know, to be entertained or they still want to be able to, um, you know, see live music and hear live music and experience it. So I would just be kind of focused on expanding my reach to who, like, who my performances reach. Mm-hmm. Okay. Any any new songs or, or anything that we should be hoping for, wishing for? Um, Possibly. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I okay. Guess Keep your just, secrets. I guess you'll just Keep have your to secrets. Find out. <laughs> Okay, so um, sounds like you are definitely very dedicated to your craft and, um, you know, extremely busy with your your multiple bands and multiple instruments and different shows and things like that. Would you say it's hard to balance your art with everything else going on in your life? Um, it kind of has been uh, a little bit of a challenge. You know, I really have to stay on the ball and with you know my especially like my work schedule and like balancing uh two bands it hasn't been really too tough lately because you know i haven't really been doing a whole whole lot with my both of my bands because of uh the pandemic and all that um but i would say uh it really teaches me like how to prioritize mm-hmm. really makes me forces me to be good at you know time management yeah and everything like that what sorts of obstacles have you come across and how did you overcome them with with balancing everything or or just in your music life um so at one point in my life i was working two jobs I was playing, gigging regularly with two bands, and I was going to school. Jesus. 
So, I mean, yeah, people like people ask me all the time, like, <laughs> how did you do that? And I, was, I still to this day was like, I, 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 I don't know. It just kind of worked. It just like for, every, mode. Yeah, like everything just kind of worked for me. There were there was a couple times where I double booked myself, and you know, people got kind of miffed at me, but I don't like. I just. I don't know. I just, I was just at a point in my life where I just, you know, I just was just like work, 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 go, go, go. I had like yeah. all this energy. I honestly couldn't even really tell you where the drive came from. Like, I just, wanted <laughs> to, I just, I just had this whole like thirst for like doing things. Yeah. And, uh, I've kind, I think in my now I'm just kind of like more so chilled out. But this was, this was my probably my early twenties. Your like, bachelor days. Like, yeah. <laughs> 22, 20, yeah. Let's call them that. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's that sounds like a lot going on. And um, and you still have a lot going on. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of, you know, personal life, I want to, I do want to get into our relationship, kind of, you know, talk about that and, and how we've grown as a couple. Mm-hmm. Because this year, in July, it'll be our two-year anniversary. Mm-hmm. But yep. what the people don't know is that we have known each other for a while. Um, but we were also in the same place, same room, about, what, 11 years ago now? Uh, What was that? Like, 2009? 2000... Yeah, I yeah. think I was a freshman. I was yeah. either a freshman, yeah. 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 And uh Molly's Burgers. Yeah. On so, South Arlington. <laughs> so um yeah, let's let's tell them a little bit about that cuz that was a crazy story. So that was our first date and um I forget it was we were just like talking about like how we got into the scene, the art scene and everything and and I was talking about like music I used to listen to and and my friend's band uh his name is Dylan Love and he he was a drummer for um don't shoot the messenger right which is a band um, out of summit high school and i don't even know exactly how we got on the topic but you were like oh my gosh i used to listen to them <laughs> oh yeah and and i went to summit high school which is a public school you went to nolan nolan catholic nolan catholic school um and somewhere between all of that time we we were in the same room at the same show yeah, at molly's we, burgers yeah that's crazy yeah so it's I don't know. When we talked about that, I was kind of like, like, I'm big on signs and, and things like that. So mm-hmm. that to me was was just a really cool, like, I don't coincidence, synchronicity, if you will. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so let's let's go a little bit more um, into our relationship and, and we'll try not to get too corny. <laughs> but since this is the Valentine's edition. Make sure you keep like a plastic <laughs> bag or you're near a trash can like nearby. <laughs> Just in case it gets into ooey yeah, for too you. cheesy. I gotta throw <laughs> up. <laughs> but no, I I love love. So I write, you know, love poems. I do, like, I'm I'm such a hopeless romantic, and my friends have known this about me since forever and a day. So I just love love. I love seeing love. I love being in love, and I love spreading love. So let's talk about how we how we actually met again after you know fast forward to arlington um at at the open mic event that we were at so i'll let you go ahead and tell it yeah um yeah me and gabe were actually watching our 
old show footage and we that video popped up to where that night that you first talked to me went up and talked to me <laughs> um i think you had had a couple drinks yep yeah <laughs> <laughs> which night was this though it was definitely during the summer was it the summer solstice yeah. uh i think so that was the first night i brought sharon out nice yeah um yeah uh you would just kind of you just kind of like came up to me and you said good job patrick and you gave me a hug and i was like um like i had known <laughs> i had known who you were but we had never been formally introduced oh wait wait wait. let's backtrack let's backtrack to 2018 when <clears throat> you dm'd me you slid in the dm oh yeah because <laughs> okay so artemis funk had played for an open mic and i saw you were taking pictures and like i guess i kind of noticed you're cute also but uh i dm'd you to ask you for the pictures right. and i was like how much would how much would you want for these photos and then like you told me and i venmoed you wait 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 that was after if i recall you were like hey were you taking pictures the other night and i was like yeah and you were like, oh, well, I just wanted, um, I didn't get to say anything to you, but I wanted to tell you that your poem, I really liked your poem. So you started it that way. Oh, yeah. Well, no, I think this was, uh, this is when a night where I played by myself. Mm-hmm. That was when I played. Oh, and that, yes. And then that's when I first heard, hear, heard you read your poetry. Yes, yes. Like, cause yes. I thought you were just a photographer uh-huh. at that point. And I was like, oh, snap, like. She doing more than one thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. And um, I think, oh, yeah. And then I asked you if you wanted to get coffee. Yeah. So, so number one, I was flattered because, I don't know, I really like when people, like, actually properly try and get to know someone. And especially, like, I don't get too many people asking me about my art or talking to me about my art. Like, I kind of just throw it out there. And they're like, wow, I really liked it. But you asked me, like, what inspired me or how long I wrote it or something. And you were like, it really spoke to me because I'm Asian, of course. Um, I'm also Asian, and I've never heard anyone, you know, say it like yeah, that. Yeah, I'd never, I'd never heard anyone put into perspective, like, my whole experience mm-hmm. as being an Asian-American person. Mm-hmm. And that's the first time I'd ever seen that addressed, like, here in my, like... <laughs> and it was right here in my own community. Like, yeah. right... I was, I was like, 15 feet from you. Yeah. Like, as you were reading this poem. Mm-hmm. So I thought that, like... I was, uh... I was touched. I was, mm-hmm. like, drawn to you. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, <clears throat> I was just really flattered. And then that's when you were like, did you want to get coffee? And I was like, no, thank you. I'm in a relationship. Um, and so, you know, we didn't talk, we didn't talk. You still, what I really appreciate is you still like paid me for the photos. Well, I mean, yeah, I want, I still wanted to get the pictures. I mean, that's, I guess I had two goals Okay. with, with, with that convert, with that DM. I was like, I'm going to ask her out and I'm going to ask for the photos. But I mean, at least I (laughs) accomplished one of my goals. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I actually, that was something that also stood out to me. I actually, you didn't know this because we didn't talk, but I actually posted something about that on Facebook. Oh, really? Yeah. Because 
um, like as a photographer, as a woman, like, you know, I get some different DMs and especially like now that I'm more out there with my photography, I'll have guys like message asking for a shoot or asking about like my rates only to ask me out. Hmm. And I don't like that because now you're mixing business with my personal life and I don't do that. Or I didn't do that. Um, (laughs) But, um, yeah, I think it's just disrespectful to me as an artist if you're going to slide in my DM, my professional DMs. Ulterior motives and all that. And then after I say I'm not interested, they don't want to shoot. So that's just rude. Yeah, so you didn't even really really, want the photos. So that's disrespectful to me. So I appreciated that you were not like that. And I actually posted something on Facebook that popped up in my memories where I was like, you know, in the past, I've had guys call me names when I turn them down because some guys are just like really like, oh well, you're a hoe anyways or whatever. <gasps> yeah, it's just stupid. Like it doesn't hurt my feelings. It's just stupid. And so I was like, wow, like people are actually being respectful, you know, when I say no. So it shows to me that my voice is actually being heard. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I appreciated that. And um, and then fast forward, you know, one random night. It was a hot summer night, you yeah, know. We, would, we met um, up at a Tonstoffel pub. Yes, yes, Tonstoffel. Um, actually, before that, there's so much leading up before that, but I don't want to get too in depth because <laughs> it was just so much. Um, yeah. But I found out that you were a Scorpio, mm-hmm. and my best friend Sharon is a Scorpio. So I freaking love Scorpios. And then once I found out you were a Scorpio, I was just like another it was like, sign. Game over. <laughs> I was like another sign. <laughs> <laughs> and then for some reason, I thought you were younger than me, um, mm-hmm. and so I found out we were the same age. And I was like, another sign. <laughs> so it was just really cool to, I don't know. It just, it just made sense, you know. Yeah, everything just kind of like it was kind of perfect. Yeah, like everything just like fell into place. Yeah, y'all can throw up now. Yeah. <laughs> Take, take a couple minutes <laughs> if you guys need to. It, and I want to say that it did fall into place and it was perfect. But we were also like two shooting stars clashing into each other because we both had two separate busy lives. Yeah. So let's talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're both artists, right? Um, mm-hmm. You're a musician. I'm a poet and a photographer. And a photographer and a videographer and an interior designer. Ooh. And podcaster. And a podcaster. <laughs> and you're a chef. You do you, you do make food for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like our art complements each other. Oh, 100%. And I think that's good for our relationship. You know, sometimes when it comes to two artists, like having the same field, same music field, it can, or just two people in the same field, it can be competitive. You know, mm-hmm. you, you don't mean for it to be, but it can be. And I feel like ours allows both of us to grow by yeah. helping each other. Yeah. Like, you know, there's a, a song that you released with Artemis Funk that I helped write. Yeah. And that was just from a random poem that I sent to you. I was like, I wrote this about you. And then you just made it into music. Mm. So I feel like it really just complements each other. Yeah. Um, and so let's talk about the collaborations that we've had, too. So Seasons With You is a song that we wrote. Right. Um, we wrote that at Rhea and Max's house yeah, while we were house-sitting. Yep. And then you, like, surprised me. You released it uh, for Valentine's Day in 2019 or 20... Yeah, 2019. No, it's 20, 2020. 
for the, it was at Hardimus at uh, Truth Final. Are you sure it was 2020? Because that's when everything closed down. Yeah, but this is February. I think it was February 2019. No. No, that was the first Hardimus. Oh. We weren't even dating. Okay. Wow, I'm getting my years. <laughs> Yeah, it was Hard to Miss 2020, the second one. Wow. Yeah. And then everything shut down. And then everything. That's crazy. Yeah. That was so, okay. Yeah, so so y'all performed that, and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm about to cry. And I was the only one in the crowd that knew the words, so I'm like videoing, but I'm also like yelling at the top of my yep. lungs the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's that's one, honestly, it's become one of my favorite songs. To really? Play. Yeah. Oh, it's it's so like corny. <laughs> it's so yeah, mushy. but I love the wor- the words that you wrote to it are just oh. like they're so. I don't know, it's like it's just corny enough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, I'm glad that um, that y'all still play it as a band, like, cause I don't think y'all. Well, Gabe has the um, a couple love songs that he wrote, mm-hmm. um, but I was like, oh, they like my songs, <laughs> and now they they're still playing. It. Yeah. Um, and then we we recently worked on um, the Sila Volume Two album Correct. that's releasing Sunday. Yes, or no, no, the, not the full album. The first the first four songs are being released Sunday. We worked with uh, Lottie, Lottie, uh, Lottie. Oh no, I'm not gonna even Lottie, 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 Lottie. Because every time I try, I always get it wrong. So Lottie, Lottie, and um, we got. Lottie MJ, the musician. Yeah, Lottie the musician. We got MJ Marcus. Um, we got uh, uh, Jalen Farrow. We got Sin, uh, Spoken Word. We got Me and You, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really love that group. Like, I feel like it wasn't intended to be a love album at all. Like, at all. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a love poet. And, and so Sin, Yeah, and Sin does love poetry, too. But I feel like everyone kind of eased into yeah, it and being then like the, the the saxophone mm. kind of just you know just sealed the deal. Just sealed the deal. Yeah. Like like I was talking about earlier, how like saxophone just does something to people. It already it yeah. like has a very like sensual connotation. It really does. It's so, like having sex, right? Having sex. Sex make on sure, the beach. Yeah. Make sure you're practicing safe sex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It really does add some. Um, pheromones to the music oh, yeah. if you will yeah, that's, that's a good <laughs> and then another thing that we worked on together was the hold it down music for it was an artemis funk x dream waves collab mm-hmm. dream waves productions and <clears throat> i want to talk about that because that was a struggle th- that was kind of like the first that was like our both of our artistic endeavors like our, our whole artistic endeavors like coming together yeah for the fir- very first time and like you said yeah it definitely kind of was a struggle at first I don't actually think the we whole were... kind of thing was kind of a struggle it yeah <laughs> it was i think on on every aspect um because it was our first big thing for both groups like yeah. y'all's first music video our first music video and I think we took our relationship for granted and how like easy it was for us just in a relationship Mm -hmm. and we didn't take that into account for actually working together i think uh we butt heads a lot yeah (laughs) one of our biggest struggles was like managing like expectations i feel like and uh you know like trying to keep everybody focused and on task Mm -hmm. um 
it was a fun shoot. Don't get us wrong. It yeah, was a really it fun was a shoot. really fun shoot, and it was a, like it was a. Uh, you know, we we did it all in one day, which is amazing, amazing, yeah. you know, amazing job by Dreamwaves Productions. And thank you all for taking the full day off to, to to work with us. Yeah, that was it was it was really it was really uh, it was a good experience. You know, just, you know, it was we got some solid work done. And I feel like we did a lot of learning. Yeah. Also, I think both groups we learned. Um it, like I, I had so much fun and, and you know there 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 weren't any hard feelings at all. It was just something that we both as group individual groups had to realize like this is what we have, you know, mm-hmm. this is what we have to work with together. Um, and like you said, managing expectations, um, communication, mm-hmm. um, and then ego, getting over ego. Oh yeah. As far as like with with artists, like we're all artists, we all have an ego. Yeah, musicians are the worst. <laughs> out of all the different kinds of artists out there, I feel like musicians have the oh worst egos. <laughs> out of everybody. And then y'all were such a big group to work with too. So it's like a million ideas, and they're all great ideas, mm-hmm. and it's just so it's like, limited you know, to what we can yeah, do. Yeah, we can't we can't implement all of those ideas. So there definitely was a whole lot of compromise. Yeah. Um, and it turned out, like, the music video turned out really, really it's, well. It was, it's an amazing music video. Yeah, and y'all did great just as performers. Like, y'all just turned it on. And that, to me, was, was amazing to watch. Like, Damien's also a musician, too. So I'm just sitting here, like, watching everyone, like, just, like, being performers. And I'm like, this is so cool. And, and for me, like, because it was our first time working together um, on such a serious and big project, like... When I'm in work mode, like, people don't realize that, like, when I'm behind the camera, like, I'm not playing around. Like, yeah. No, <laughs> uh, I think everyone, everyone learned that real quick. Yeah, like, I can have fun and chill and stuff, but, like, if we're working, like, yeah. we gotta focus. Yeah, no, I guess that was one of the things I wasn't prepared for. Yeah. Uh, it's like, what happened to my girlfriend? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just how I am, like, in all work. It's my Capricorn moon side of me. I'm just like, I turn it on because, like, someone needs to stay focused to get this done. No, and I really appreciate that. When I, like, even, even like, in my gigs and everything, like, I'm, like, I the first thing I do is start setting up. Like, I don't go to the bar for a mm. drink or anything. I'm there mm-hmm. for work because this is what I do, mm-hmm. you know? And, you know directing and filming is what you do so you as soon as the camera you touch the camera like it's on you yeah know? yeah so you know i guess it just it, it took me it off threw guard. you off <laughs> yeah because i as, as, as my i guess my first time experiencing that from the other side uh-huh. you know yeah and especially that's that's where we were saying like um we took our like complimentary relationship for granted yeah. because you were just like shook <laughs> yeah. and i was like i'm not trying to be rude but this is work like so mm-hmm. we we definitely had a long conversation after everything and hashed it out just personally me and you and i think that's that helped us grow even more as yeah. a couple um but yeah great music video check it out you know check out their their entire album for artemis funk um they actually have y'all have something um coming up huh Yes, we have a live stream show on Valentine's Day. It's going to be our third installment of Hardimus, which is our little Valentine's Day celebration. We have Justin King performing, 
and Dream Feed. Mm. Um, we're going to be streaming live from Create Arlington. Um, so that's it. the show's going to be starting at 3, so y'all should definitely tune in. Yeah, we we decided to go virtual this year in the interest yeah, of be being safe. responsible and keeping everyone safe. Nice. So yeah, tune in, um, follow Artemis Funk, and, and tune into that. Um, and now you're on my podcast, babe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's another collab that we can check off. Um, let's talk about, uh, you know, our, our struggles. Because while we have a very good dynamic together and we take super cute photos oh, yeah. <laughs> um there is a lot the of work cutest. yeah there's a lot of work behind the scenes that that people don't realize mm-hmm. because we're so both so busy so yeah what what struggles and difficulties would you say that we've we've kind of overcome um i feel, just feel like you know you're the first person who really got me to using my google calendar <laughs> And like I mentioned uh, earlier, how I would like double book myself and people get mad. That hasn't happened since. Nice. Um, so I feel like just and we even use it for our dates, which yeah, is important. Of course, yeah. I, I mean, I use it for like almost pretty much like everything now. Yeah. Um, but I'm sorry. What was the question? The obstacles. Yeah. How we overcome. How we yeah just I, the Google Calendar really is what i think is our saving grace it is because you know we we can plan our dates you know we know when each other's events are or mm-hmm. like when you i we have whenever you have a photo shoot or if i have a gig um yeah i think it's really helped streamline yeah um you know our time management and our whole process exactly and that's where i was saying like we were like two stars that just crashed into each other mm-hmm. because um, you know, you have your two bands. Of course, we both work, um, you know, our yeah. day jobs and everything. You have your two bands. You have your vocal lessons, your sax lessons, your practices, um, just so much going on. And for me, I have um, my photo shoots, video shoots. I host RVC, you know, my meetings with people. Yeah. Even um, your own or, private writing sessions. Yeah. Yeah. So... It's it's helpful, by the way, y'all. If um, if that's something that y'all struggle with, because that's something that we learned real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and the most important thing was just me communicating to Pat initially, where I was like, you know, you need to manage your time better because now it's affecting our relationship. Yeah. So, um, what what ways do you think we we in what ways do you think we work or what what question am i trying to say how do we work around our busy lives i think um um i don't know i just i feel like i guess just personally for me i look to see um after i get like my work schedule or like you know my gig schedule for the month i i try to see any like extra spare time I have and I whenever I do have that I think uh you're the first person I go to to see like if you want to you know spend some time together mm-hmm. I try to make any of my free time I try to make you a priority for any of 
uh, free time that I have. Mm. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. And same, same for you. Uh, well, I know I, for me, like I need my alone time often. Right. So I schedule that too. Mm-hmm. But, um, but then of course, you know, we, we specifically plan date nights. That's something that's very important. And now that we live together, we see each other every single day, even more. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a dream come true. It's a dream come true. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so we have to schedule time, like, uh, to actually have date nights so that we yeah. don't take our time for granted because if we don't schedule date nights we're just gonna see each other every day and just kind of get into the mundane routine of things yeah um and then as far as just us as people you know we're an inter-asian couple inter-Asian. which yes which i think i'm realizing more now mm-hmm. with lunar new year you know how y'all don't celebrate lunar new year yeah, our, our- our cultures, while in the same region of the world and even in the same region of Asia, are vastly different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it's very interesting. Like, we're actually... Like, what's funny, number one, is that, like, when we first got together, people were like, of course, of course, I could totally see y'all together. And I'm like, y'all only are saying that because we're Asian. Yeah, literally, <laughs> literally, that's, that's the only reason. Because no one else is Asian in the scene. Well, okay, I don't want to say nobody else. But... Yeah, yeah. So, I that was so funny when yeah. people were like, oh my gosh, I totally saw y'all together. Okay, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> but what y'all don't realize is we're actually still learning about each other because we're not the same type of asian Mm. yes so so it's really cool i'm vietnamese he's filipino and um with lunar new year you know just kind of teaching him a little bit about my culture and then with um with his i've celebrated uh, noche buena with him and his family Mm -hmm. which is something that they do um the day before christmas noche buena with the palm buenas yes Um, babe, how would you say that we've changed individually or grown as a, a couple in the past year and a half? I would say, um, I think I have kind of started taking myself a little bit more seriously hmm. and being a little more, a little bit more serious with my time, how I use my time and how I use my energy. Mm-hmm. Um... I feel like you were really high strung whenever <laughs> not not in a bad way. No, you're right. Whenever, I was. <laughs> whenever we first met and started dating, I really feel like you've <laughs> kind of let yourself relax a little bit. Yeah. That's exactly what I was gonna say too. Like I think we both met each other in the middle because I felt like you were too chill mm-hmm. and that was on my on my nerves. Yeah. <laughs> Because um, because of things like, you know, double booking mm-hmm. and not taking my time seriously um, or, or considering my time as much. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I've definitely been able to chill out more. And I think it's because of trust, you know, trusting you as a partner to take care of me and not disappoint me in ways that I have been in the past. Um, and then since meeting you, I feel like I've gained more friends. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really hard for me to feel comfortable around a lot of people. Um, and it takes me multiple times to like, know, like seeing them or, or talking to them to really get comfortable. But after seeing you like just have your jam sessions and like being around more of your friends and just like being around you more, I was able to open myself up and feel like 
I have a community and friends as opposed to just like being by myself, which um, also was like, you know, part of why um, like I changed because I don't usually mix business with pleasure, if you will. Um, but like with dating, you like that kind of muddled the playing field because like these open mics that I went to, like that was work for me. Mm-hmm. But but it was a good thing because I would just literally take photos and go home. Like, take photos, perform, go home. And then now I get to, like, be like, oh, hey, how are y'all? You know, like, talking to people and making friends. Yeah. So I appreciate you helping me with being so Mm -hmm. (laughs) high-strung. That's something that me and Sharon, like, talk about all the time, how we're both, like, type A's. (laughs) Well, I appreciate you with, because I feel like, you know, I have, you know, I have a little bit more direction and structure. So it's a lot more easier to, you know, manage my life Mm -hmm. like everything about my life like even just like uh making time for like uh seeing my parents and all that Mm -hmm. making time for you making time for to see my friends and practice and everything like that yeah and it's really like it's not even just your life like now that we're together everything that i feel like we do or individually like it's affecting our life together so i think that's that's something that we both learned where would you say that you see us in five years um hmm (laughs) (laughs) well five years so i'm 26 i'd be like 31 you'd be 32 Mm -hmm. because you're old hopefully we (laughs) hopefully we own this house yeah that we're living in right now um or you know, like we on our house. on our way to own it. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, we are uh, thinking about uh, starting a family at that point. Starting a family before or marriage. If had cool. not already. So well, starting a family I mean, before marriage. Okay. Guys. <laughs> no, like... I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I felt I felt like that was understood. Sorry. No, it was not. <laughs> No, the reason I, I'm saying that to y'all, like, we, we've talked about, we've had this conversation before, so, like, we, we know our plans for the future, but just kind of openly speaking on it and putting oh, it yeah. out in the universe. Oh, yeah. We're, uh, hopefully yeah. tie the knot. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. With, or no, okay. we are going to. I'll go- leave right we now. Are, no, we are going <laughs> to. We, we will, we will tie the knot here within the next couple years or so. Yeah. Probably less than five years. Okay. Yeah. I definitely see the same. You know, I feel like um, we've we've made a lot of great steps towards our future. Um, I'm definitely not one to be shy about talking about my future. And so I know initially when we had our first conversation, I was very bold about like, what do you want from me? <laughs> yeah, that was like the night I asked you out. <laughs> yeah, well, you asked me out, and I was like, what are you looking for in a relationship? Because I'm not trying to waste my time. If you're just playing games, then I don't want it. Mm-hmm. And that's where he says I'm high-strung, but I just don't like wasting time. <laughs> and no, I was like, I'm not trying to waste any time either. I made him, like, repeat it, like, five times. Yeah. <laughs> Before I said yes, and we it was, like, also, 3 a.m. <laughs> we yeah, we were, we were, it was, like, 3 a.m. in Deep Ellum. Like, we were both kind of a little sauced. And then we had, like, random, like, homeless people coming up during this conversation. Yeah. It was just, like, <laughs> it was a lot going on. Um, but, yeah, I see the same, and I'm just really excited for our future. 
Yeah, me too. I feel like COVID has... I feel like with this 2020, we actually learned a lot more in that year than we did, you know, the year prior. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, we were, you know, still fresh in our relationship, but I think it was it was good experience to have because I don't see how life can get worse from there because we there was a lot going on. Yeah, a lot. There's a lot, but um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take we're gonna take a quick break here and then we're gonna come back. I know this is a long long episode, y'all. So thank y'all if you're still listening. Um, just wanted to do something special since I have my bae on my podcast, but we're going to come back and do a, um, a, a card game and I'll tell you more about that game here and then we'll close it out. All right, guys. So we are back here for the final segment of the show. And I have a a card game here. This is something I actually bought for, I think it was our anniversary or Valentine's Day last year or something. But basically it's like, um, it's called uh, Dare Flirt Talk and, um, or Talk Flirt Dare, one of the things. And so basically it's like a card game where you pull a card and it asks you a question that you answer about your relationship. Um, And I, I like stuff like that. I like being introspective. So I got that for us so that we could just kind of continually grow as a couple and um, just like talk about being in love because that's how you, you know, keep that flame and that spark. So we're going to do three different cards here um, and I can drop the link of where I got it if if y'all would like. But first card here that I have is, is this. Oh, and by the way, I'm not by myself. I'm here with Pat still. Hi, guys. <laughs> um, so, first question. Where do you think your partner would want to retire, and what would he or she do with their time? Um, So, you would definitely want to retire somewhere with a beach. Probably Vietnam, I feel like. Hmm. To, you know, just kind of, like, get in touch with your roots. Mm-hmm. I think Hawaii would definitely be a strong choice Mm -hmm. or even like the philippines Mm -hmm. philippines has some really nice beaches and what you would do with your time is tan (laughs) yeah for the rest of your life (laughs) yes and eat oysters tan and eat oysters of course you are very correct and i feel like you would be hopefully at the same beach as me Mm -hmm. okay so basically the plan i think we both kind of talked about this is we're gonna get our own island you're gonna open up your bar with nick the called the buena bar Mm -hmm. and um y'all are gonna have that and basically just play music you know have the bar and just be on the beach and have good vibes oh yeah i feel like we have the same type of retirement idea oh yeah okay so you can ask this one if your partner had a million dollars, had to spend a million dollars in 24 hours, how do you think he or she would spend it? Describe. Mm. I think, so you've stated it several times, but like, I think you'd, of course, give some money to, uh, you know, your family. Well, we might have the same answer then. Okay, Because we're like the same person. All right. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you'd probably, you know, definitely give it to your family and um, use use it 
the other bits, you know, of course, to um, buy our island. Um, fund your music career. Um, and I think you had tweeted or mentioned that you wanted to play at the Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. Right? So probably have a show there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think that's... I think that's... And, and fund, of course, you know, the Buena Bar. Oh, yeah. Um, If you had to spend a million dollars in 24 hours, I definitely think that you would buy your mom a house. Mm-hmm. Maybe even a car, a new car. Mm-hmm. Um... And then, uh, I think you would, I think a good investment for you would to, like, buy, uh, invest in an oyster farm (gasps) so that you could, you know, (laughs) you are now your own plug for oysters. And now that we know how to shuck them, yes. My mom said in Vietnam, they just pick it out of the beach Mm -hmm. and they just eat it. I don't want that life. Mm. Yep. And then I would save all the children and the dogs in the world. You only have a million I wish dollars. I, I, mean, I will invest some of it. Okay. And get that money in return. Uh, I will invest in Bitcoin. Okay. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, no, you were pretty much straight, uh, spot on. Um, what do you think makes your partner different from other people? Hmm. I think... Just your, uh, the way that you are very passionate about, um, your relationship and your art definitely sets you apart from anyone else I've ever met mm-hmm. in my whole life. Oh. Um, I think the way that we goof off is really just kind of like our thing mm-hmm. it I is we're, off. we're weird yeah we're super weird can't be, <laughs> can't be this weird with anybody else oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i think that's my favorite thing about us is like how goofy we are because like i'm i feel like i'm getting better about being my truest self around everyone um, but there's just a different level when it comes to our relationship. Like, <laughs> I Me love it. Too. Yeah. So for, for you, what makes you different from other people, in my opinion, is just like your, your, what's the word? Your positivity. I've never met anyone as positive as you with true, pure, positive intentions. Like, I feel like you're never purposefully trying to be malicious to anyone ever you know you're always trying to put people on you're always just like just really like hyping people up and amping people up whenever we talk about um you know different things and different people and um I feel like you definitely keep me or try to keep me on the positive side because for me like I feel like I'm I'm the opposite like I'm very wary about people but you're very optimistic you know and trustworthy uh, and uh, trusting, which is a good thing, but also a bad thing. But that's why I'm here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, yeah. You tell me when I'm being too trusting. Yeah. But yes, so I think that's what makes you different. And just like your peer, like you, you make this relationship feel so pure. You know, it reminds me of a, a fifth grade relationship. Oh. In my head, a fifth grade relationship. Because that's when, you know, we're like you know young and and first love or whatever 
And so that's how I feel about you. Mm. Yeah, love you. Love you. <laughs> All right, so sorry if, if we just made y'all throw up just now. <laughs> Might want to get another bag. <laughs> Okay, so thank y'all so much for for tuning in and and Pat, thank you so much for having for being on my show. Thank you for having me. Yes, I I know pretty much all of that stuff we talked about. Like we, you and I already knew about each other and whatnot. But I feel like with us constantly growing and changing, it's always good to touch base and relearn about each other because you know as we change as people sometimes those answers to those questions can change as well and if mm-hmm. we don't continuously try to learn each other you know we could wake up one day and be like whoa i don't know you anymore mm-hmm. and i do not want that with us um so before <clears throat> we we get off here where can we find you on social media you can find me on facebook as patrick pombuena P-O-M-B-U-E-N-A. Mm-hmm. Um, on in, uh, you can also follow Artemis Funk on Facebook. A-R-T-E-M-I-S Funk. Or the Barstool Brothers, which is three separate words. On Instagram, my personal Instagram is Fattest of Pats. Fattest with a P-H. Um, also Artemis Funk, just Artemis Funk, one word, and Barstool Brothers TX on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. And what is your cash app slash Venmo? Oh. I always like to, <clears throat> to ask that. My uh, Venmo is just my first and last name, Patrick um, hyphen Pombuena. And then my cash app is dollar sign fattest of pats okay perfect. like my instagram okay perfect yes so if you want to help support pat and his endeavors go ahead and shoot him some cash um let's see here are there any upcoming shows or projects that you want to plug in um yes we talked about hardimus earlier uh that's going to be on sunday starting at three on the live stream you can tune in on facebook um also february 26th i'm playing we have the, my with my my debut show of the patrick pombuena community orchestra <laughs> um we're gonna be playing from 7 to 10 at grease monkey in arlington uh on the 27th of february uh, i'm playing with artemis funk at rar and sons brewery um from 12 to 2. Um, oh, also, I'm playing on February 19th in Deep Ellum with uh, my vocal instructor, Queen Kima. Oh, I'm going to be backing her up with um, saxophone, and Gabe's going to be on trumpet. We're going to be at 2429 South Malcolm X Boulevard. I believe that's in Deep Ellum. Uh, the show, the event is called Rhythm and Blues Poetry Bass, a black music history expose. Oh, nice. Nice. And then don't forget, we have our album coming up. Oh, yes. And our, uh, the Cosmos pack of the Silo Volume 2 
is also dropping this Sunday. Mm-hmm. So on Valentine's on Day, Valentine's Day. Uh, we are dropping the, the Cosmos pack, which is, um, yeah, y'all just gotta listen to it. It's basically, yeah, it's just a really nice mix of poetry, music. And then in March, we will be dropping the entire album. Mm-hmm. So follow follow us you know follow tape this um it's uh, tape this on instagram it's tape this dot tq tv which are my initials you can follow me tranquintivu at uh, on instagram as well um thanks again babe for for coming in um and thank you everyone for for tuning in to this valentine's edition of of tape this with my crush patrick pombuena mm-hmm. um i guess it's also a lunar new year edition because today's Lunar New Year. So, happy Year of the Ox and Chukmung Namoy to everyone. Chukmung Namoy. Jesus. And then happy Valentine's Day to, to everyone out there. Make sure to wish your mom a happy Valentine's Day. That's something I've always, you know, implemented to, even if you don't have a Valentine's Day, you got a mom. So, mm-hmm. uh, stay safe out there in this weather, y'all. And we'll see y'all next month with, uh, with my next guest, EJ of Frio Trio. So, bye, y'all. Hi guys.